0: Have you heard of SQL Data Sync? In this episode of Data Exposed, Mara Stieu shows us how it works, when to use it, and even a cool look at a demo of bi-directional replication across the globe. Learn more in this episode of Data Exposed. Hi, I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed. Today, I'm joined once again by Mara Stew, a program manager on the Azure SQL team. Mara, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me again, Anna. Yeah, of course. And today, we're going to be talking about a slightly different topic. Last time we talked about change data capture, and today, we're going to be talking about SQL Data Sync. And this is something I don't know a ton about. Um, so I'd love if you could just kick us off by telling us more about what SQL Data Sync is and how it works.
1: Yes, sure. So, very simply put, uh, SQL Data Sync helps you synchronize your data across Azure SQL databases and SQL Server. And the whole concept of SQL Data Sync re- revolves around the sync group. And the sync group consists of a hub database, which has to be in Azure SQL database, and one of, one of more member databases, which can be either Azure SQL DBs or SQL Server uh, DBs on prem for instance. And uh, there are four key properties around the Sync Group. So when you create a Sync Group, you have to set up the Sync Schema, which is basically the selection of tables that you want to have synchronized. Then you have the Sync Direction. And here you can do un- uh, one directional replication or bi directional sync, which is really cool about uh, SQL Data Sync. So you can go from Member to hub, hub, hub to member, or both. Then you have a sync frequency. So when you set up your sync group, you can have you have the option to run sync manually on demand whenever you need it. But you can also have it as automatic sync. So if you select automatic, you can select frequency of as low as thirty seconds, for instance, but also as high as thirty days. So there's a lot of uh, options that you have there. And lastly, there's also a conflict-resolving policy. So when you set up a sync group, you have, to, um, you have to tell the SQL Data Sync what you want to happen if you have some, some uh, conflicts uh, when changes are being made. You want the hub to win, so the changes in hub to override those on the member, or you want the member to win. So you have to select one of these two options when you, when you, se- when you create a sync group. So this would be a brief intro to how SQL Data Sync works, and as I was mentioning, um, C- SQL Data Sync supports a hub and spoke te- uh, topology. So as you can see in this diagram, the changes between members are only done through the hub database, which has to be in Azure SQL DB. So as you can see in Figure Two, uh, the members get synchronized for changes that go through, hub, through the hub DB, and um, uh, in the figure two, you have a member DB that's in Azure and another one that's on-prem. And for on-prem uh, data synchronization, you need a sync agent as well. Um, and this this sync agent is for SQL Server uh, members, and this is pretty much a data security uh, measure because it uses some uh, it uses encrypted connections and a unique token and agent key. So the direct communication with the databases behind the firewall is prevented. And another security measure that we recently implemented in SQL data sync and is still in private, uh, in public preview, sorry, is the private link. So basically this allows you to establish a secure connection between the sync service and your member and hub databases during the, data synchronization process. However, it's worth noting that if you want to use private link, you have to uh, you have to be on you have your members have to be on Azure SQL DB, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it.
0: Awesome, cool. This is a good overview, and I also like how you're stressing the importance of security because when we're moving data around, security is a huge piece of that. Now, Mara, um, what are some use cases that you're seeing for customers actually using this?
1: Yes, so we actually see a broad range of uses for SQL Data Sync. However, these would be the three key scenarios that we see SQL Data Sync uh, um, being used for. So first of all, we have hybrid data synchronization. So you can obviously use use this for hybrid applications between SQL Server and Azure SQL DB. And this might be very useful for customers considering moving to the, to the cloud and putting some of their applications on Azure, but still having databases on-prem as well. You might have distributed um, apps, so across databases storing different workloads of your application, and you might have, you you use the SQL Data Sync for global synchronization, simply to to keep databases in regions across the world synchronized, and we'll actually see this use case in practice in in a demo very soon.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I I would love to see a demo of this, Mara. It seems really cool. Before we get into the demo, just one last question. Is there anything people should be aware of, like as far as gotchas when they set up SQL Data Sync or choose to use it?
1: Sure. That's a very good question. So um, we get a lot of questions around performance impact, and uh, there are uh, it's it's worth knowing because before you start using SQL data sync that all the side tables and sync artifacts are stored in your user's database. So before you start using it, you must sure that you have the right service tier and you have in, or you have enough vCores uh, in order to, to store all that data. And then it's also important to be aware that we guarantee eventual consistency. So all changes are eventually made and there's no data loss. Um, however, it's worth noting um, that transactional consistency is not guaranteed. And lastly, there are some limitations that are uh, very well documented. I'll share some links. But for instance, all the tables that you add have, must have a primary key. A, the authorization is not supported as of now, and uh, some other limitations. Also, it's worth mentioning that SQL Data Sync is not supported in Azure SQL managed instances.
0: Got it. These are good things to keep in mind, and we'll put a link to a bunch of different resources in the description for folks to go deeper into this. Uh, Mara, can you show us an example of this in action?
1: Sure. So, as I was uh, mentioning, I will. I'm going to show you the scenario of synchronizing uh, data across databases in different regions of the world. So, let's assume we have a foods business. That, and they want to synchronize their inventory across US and Asia. You want to make sure you have consistent inventory across these regions. So We're going to do bi-directional data synchronization using SQL Data Sync in the Azure portal. You can also decide to use SQL Data Sync using PowerShell, or REST APIs, and again, I'll share more links. But for the purposes of this demo, we're using um, the Azure portal. So. Let's see quickly how this works. So I'm on the US database right now, which is going to be my hub database. And as you can see, I have four inventory items in the US. And here is my Asia database, my member database, which is also in Azure SQL DB. So, which means that we can use private link. However, this only has the first three items that we see in the US. So we want to make sure these databases are in sync. is not the case right now. So I'm going to create a scene group. And I start on the hub database side and I create a, a name for the scene group, which is US to Asia. I'm going to create a new metadata database in my own resource group. And this is going to be on the on the same um, on the East US region in, in the US. However, I'm gonna set it up as basic even this workload. And as you can see, I can set up automatic sync. So I will have uh, the sync frequency two seconds. Every two seconds I want the sync to run. And I want to use private link for security reasons as we were talking before. And I'm creating the sync group. However, before the single is created, I must manually approve the private endpoint connection, which is the private link. So I'm going to approve it first. Here I put a response message and it's quickly being approved. Once the private endpoint has been approved, you can see the single has been created. And now I'm adding sync member. So on the hub database, I have to log in with the server details on the hub database. And I'm adding an Azure database as a member, which is the Asia um, member. And I'm selecting the right server. And by dire- I'm doing bidirectional sync and logging in the Asia test server with the username and password. Once again, I have to use private link for the sync service to, co- to connect to the member database as well, as I had to do on the hub database side. And in this case, I'm gonna show you a different way to approve the private endpoint. So I'm gonna go on the on the server side for, for the Asia demo. And I'm going to go into the private endpoint connection. That's just another way to approve the private endpoint. So once the private link is approved on the member database, you can see that the member database will be added to the sync group. and here i'm lastly have to configure the sync group so here i can select the sync schema which we talked about so i'm going to select which tables i want to sync and in our case we only have one tables and it detected it has three columns so i'm going to add all of them on the hub database side and i'm going to do the same on the member database side and remember that the tables need primary keys, as I was mentioning as one of the, the limitations. And here you can see the sync group has been created and it's running automatically every two seconds, which is the frequency we set. We have two databases, the table as expected, and here you can see the some uh, monitoring as well. And now, the, the databases should be in sync bidirectionally. directionally So what I'm going to check right now, if we have the same inventory across both databases, because remember, we had one more item in the US when compared to Asia. So I'm going to open the query editor for both member and hub databases. So very quickly, I'm going to check. Here you can see all the data SQL data sync artifacts on the on your source database being stored, which is why I was saying you must be aware of your space before you start using SQL data sync. So we're in Asia, remember now we have same inventory, same we- as
0: on Hub. Very cool. So we can see it's working and sync is in progress.
1: Yes, and here I'm also adding some some more items on Asia, and they they will get uh, reflected on the on the US side as expected. So here you can see if I insert data on the member database in Asia, it sh- it should get reflected as expected in the hub database, the the Dragonfoot. And unfortunately, I made a very small spelling error. So I'm fixing that and hopefully it will work. Sometimes it takes some time. So now you can see it's in Asia. If I run it in the US, it does not show up yet. I have to wait a a little and once, once I run it again, it should show up on the the hub database. Because remember, we do have the frequency every two seconds, but the actual sync takes a bit of time. So uh, that's something to be aware of. And as you can see, this worked, and we had set very simple bi-directional replication between
0: two uh, regions around the world. Awesome, so Mara, just a few questions, because that was super interesting and I learned a few things, but, in the um when you were doing this, when you say bi-directional, this does this mean that I can write to both hub and member databases and then those changes will be replicated across? Yes.
1: So it goes from member to hub and hub to member.
0: That's pretty powerful. But that also explains why you need this conflict resolution. Like if there's exactly. any sort of conflict maybe with the primary key, then who wins? Um, so that's exactly. really cool. The other thing I noticed during your demo is this service, the wizard basically you took us through in the portal, it's actually going out and creating the private endpoint connections for both of those servers?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it, it creates the a private endpoint connection for the sync service to connect to the hub and the private endpoint connection for the sync service to connect
0: to the member database. Wow. That's pretty cool. Taking a lot of the legwork out of it and you just have to go and yeah. prove that you're okay with this service being created.
1: Yes, you have to make sure you manually approve it before the single gets created and the member database gets created. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, and then my final question for you. I'm sorry, you got a lot of questions today. I uh, my final question to you is for viewers that have watched the video on CDC and now are watching this video on SQL data sync, can you give some insights on on you know like what what to use when?
1: Yes, sure. So, if you for instance have a high volume of data and you want to send uh, data changes, you want to stream them to other sources, In uh, you might you might find CDC more helpful to use because integrated with Azure Data Factory, for instance, you can send high volumes of, of data. However, if you have smaller databases, smaller data, and you don't need um, transactional consistency, as I was mentioning about SQL data sync, SQL data sync might be, might be the right uh, the right uh, tool to use. So it depends on your data volume, if you need it uh, closer to, ne- to near real time, so closer to real time or less close, SQL data sync might also take longer. So it depends on the time and the volume of data. So for, for higher volumes and closer to, to real time, we recommend the CDC approach, while for those that in which you don't necessarily need real time or near real time, and you have less data, you might decide to use uh, SQL Data Sync.
0: Awesome, cool. That's a really helpful, just kind of guidelines. And I love it's the classic example of kind of it depends on what your scenario yep. is. Um, but it's good to know that we have these two services and your int- input on what to use when. So thanks so much, Mara, again, for joining us on the show. Again, it was really useful for me. I learned a lot. Your demo was really cool. I think our viewers probably feel the same way. Uh, to our viewers out there, be sure to check the links in the description to learn more about SQL Data Sync and also leave a comment and let us know what you thought of Mara's demo and the service itself. And with that being said, thanks for joining us and we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed.